0: I'm kind of stuck in the middle here because I'm co-hosting with Illinois grad Michelle Smallman <laughs> and uh, waiting for us on the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line is Mizzou grad Nick Wagner, who, by the way, is from the state of Illinois, That's so right. probably has some mixed emotions for the and rights game tonight. Uh, Nick, it, we're going to talk some football with you. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm good. How
1: are you guys? Good to hear
0: from you. Uh, first of all, any mixed emotions at all, or are you totally in on M.I.Z.?
1: Uh, I have zero emotions because the Missouri basketball team is just a big cage of disappointment at this point, and uh, I'm trapped in it, and I do, I do root for Illinois. I've always liked Illinois, as Michelle knows. I was born in Urbana, and uh, so I, I do like Illinois, but my interest level in the game is, is very, very low, and I can't say that I'm even much more excited about the Lockheed. Armed Forces Bowl or whatever it is going on either. So uh, Maybe I'm just a Grinch when it comes to Mizzou sports right now. I don't know. You know, Nick, all you have to say is I went to Mizzou. We're in the SEC. We're a football school. Yeah, I haven't picked up on that, Michelle. I can't I can't, do, I can't do the successful by association thing for whatever reason. I don't know. Maybe that's just a, uh, my Midwest values
0: kicking in there. Uh,
1: if I was a Southern guy, maybe it would be a little different. I don't know.
0: Nick Wagner in Nashville. He covers the 49ers for ESPN.com. And, Nick, after that four-game losing streak early in the season, the Niners have gone 6-2, and two, and right now in the playoff hunt, what's different? Why are they better now? Well,
1: the, the the simplest thing, Randy, part of it is getting healthy. You know, they, they got guys like George Kittle back, some of their key pieces. Jimmy Garoppolo was, was banged up for a little bit. But the big thing is just kind of reestablishing who they are, what their identity is. And we, we all know in 2019 when they were at their best that they were a really good running team. So they were able to run the ball and then kind of run play action off of that. And they weren't asking Jimmy Garoppolo to throw 40 or 50 times a game. But when he was throwing, it was, you know, 8 8.5 yards per pass, things like that. And then the defense was dominant. So the defense, isn't. this group isn't as dominant defensively. They don't have that defensive line that can just kind of overwhelm you. Um, But they're very opportunistic. They get takeaways, and they're good in the red zone, so they're holding teams to field goals or or coming up with a takeaway down there that keeps them out of the end zone. So it's a little bit different. Clearly not as dominant as they were in 2019, but – The way I look at it, guys, is right now the NFL, I mean, who do you look around and just say, oh, that's a dominant team that nobody can beat? So I I think this is one of those years that if you're just the hot team at the right time and you have a little bit of injury luck going into the postseason, who knows what can happen? You're right, Nick. And I think a lot of people are looking at this 49ers team as a team that could be dangerous come postseason time. But what's one thing that you look at that maybe a hole in their game that could stop them from making a postseason run? Yeah, they definitely have some flaws, and, and the number one flaw is cornerback. Uh, you know, the, after last season, Richard Sherman departed. He was he was banged up, but they they let him go. He's in Tampa now. Um, they they didn't really address the position, and it was one of those weird things where it's like this isn't twenty twenty hindsight. This is this was like an obvious thing. Like you need to go get some corners, and they didn't really do it. They drafted one in the third round from Michigan, Ambry Thomas, who didn't play football last year, and then DeAmador, Lenora Corner, they drafted from Oregon in the fifth round. You know, fifth rounder, not necessarily a guarantee that he's going to produce. So they've been kind of piecing it together back there, a little bit of a patchwork group, and and I think that that's going to be one of the things that if their pass rush has it off day, um, they could be in a lot of trouble, especially when you look around the NFC and you see Aaron Rodgers, you see Tom Brady and some of the Matthew Stafford, some of the quarterbacks that they could go up against. Um, it could make for a long day if they get to the postseason.
0: Nick, you get to see Jimmy Garoppolo every day. I argue that Jimmy Garoppolo is unfairly defined by one quarter in a Super Bowl, and that when he's healthy, he's a really good quarterback. Am I off base there?
1: No, I think it's a good question. I mean, if you if you just look at the way Garoppolo performs uh, weekly, his big his big thing is. Um, you know, just being consistent and not turning the ball over, because to me, to me, Randy, if you look at Jimmy Garoppolo and why the Niners made the move up to go get Trey Lance, the number one reason they did it was because of Garoppolo's injury history. He had trouble staying on the field and then kind of riding shotgun next to that was the turnover issues where even in 2019, when he had a good year, his touchdown interception ratio was right in the two to one range. You'd like to see that a little closer to three to one. And he wasn't there, so uh, I think you're seeing him now that he's been healthy and he's had his weapons. He's he's one of those guys. I think we talked about this around the draft when we were talking about Trey Lance and that the options they had. He's one of those guys. He's never going to carry your team, right? He's not. He's not going to lift all boats. He's just kind of is who he is. But if everything around him is in place and good, and the running game is rolling, and he has healthy Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle. He can he can do the job and that and that's kind of what you're seeing right now. I wrote about it the other day. Jimmy Garoppolo leads the league in yards per attempt, and he's he's like 22nd in actual attempts. So it's not about qual uh, not about quantity. It's about quality, and I think that's kind of where he's at right now. So yeah, he's playing his way into. Another contract, probably not with the 49ers, but also maybe bolstering his trade value because he's going to be one of those names that's real interesting to see when when the off season comes.
0: It, uh, that brings me to the next question, as you were answering, because Michelle and I this morning were talking about who would be a good fit for Pittsburgh. Would it be Rodgers or would mm. it be Wilson? He's like the quintessential mm-hmm. Steeler, isn't he?
1: Yeah, and and you know what? That's the interesting thing too. If you if you look at if you look at this quarterback market, what's going to happen in the off season? It's not just crappy teams that need quarterbacks like it usually is, you know. And it's going to be, they're going to have teams like Pittsburgh and Denver, uh, you know, and possibly Seattle, uh, you know, New Orleans. These are Washington, teams that are actual playoff contenders right now that might just need a steady hand at quarterback. And if you look at who's coming out in the draft, it's certainly not that good of a draft class. In fact, part of the reason the Niners traded up and got Trey Lance this year was because they were concerned that if Garoppolo gets hurt again this year, who's going to be the guy that they could get next offseason. So uh, you look at all those teams without with that they are going to need quarterbacks that don't have great options in the draft, and then it's maybe you can go, maybe one of them could go get Aaron Rodgers. Maybe one of them could go get Russell Wilson. After that, you could argue Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be the best quarterback available uh, via trade in the offseason. So I, I think he's going to end up in a pretty decent landing spot, and I wouldn't be surprised if the 49ers end up getting something decent for him and certainly kind of rehab his trade value this season. Nick, when we look at the NFC West, the Cardinals and the Rams are ahead of the 49ers. They are both at 10-4. and four. But when you look at the 49ers compared to those other teams, how do you think they stack up against the other teams in their division? Yeah, it's it's so funny because I was, I was just having this conversation with somebody else who covers the, this division. And the, the Niners own the Rams. The Rams own the Seahawks. And the Seahawks own the Niners. And then the Card <laughs> and then the Cardinals are like the placebo. Like, you know, like just like like the random thing that you don't know what's gonna happen and people are gonna react based on what whatever they're feeling in their mind. That's kind of the Cardinals. But I, I think if you look at it right now, you know, there's a path for the 49ers still to win the division. It would take a lot. They would they would need the Cardinals to lose out. The Niners would have to win out and then they would need the Rams to lose two out of three, including the Niners beating them in week eighteen. But would that really surprise anybody? Yeah, I know that's a lot of stuff that I just said, but would that really surprise anybody if that happened? I, I don't think it would. So, um, and, and I still kind of think that at the end of the day, it's just going to be about which team is playing the best ball and is the healthiest going into January. And as it stands right now, the 49ers have a chance to be that team. You know, They're playing tomorrow night. This is going to be a tough game in, in Tennessee on a short turnaround, having to go across two time zones. But then they get kind of a mini bye week. You know, they haven't had a bye since week six. So they're going to get a chance to kind of heal up a little bit more. And then they finish with Houston and a Rams team that, again, they have dominated in recent years. So um, I, I think they're in a pretty good position to, to come out of this. And it would be certainly wild and very indicative of what this season has been like if the 49ers somehow win the NFC West with a two and four division record, which isn't out of the question at this point.
0: Nick, a couple of more quick things. Number one, uh, the 49ers lose Robert Sala, the defensive coordinator. He goes to the Jets. Kyle Shanahan has lost a couple of other assistants over the last few years, yet the team still appears to me to be really well-coached. How much of that is Kyle Shanahan? We go back to DV saying, I'm, I want to coach my coaches. He seems like one of those guys.
1: He, he absolutely is, and, and, and that's a good point because if you, look at, if you look at what they've done in terms of a lot of their replacements, and this, this past off season was really the first time that they've had turnover uh, with their coaching staff. And Kyle Shanahan pretty much almost exclusively hired from within. So he's elevating guys from, from lower positions, and he's always thinking in terms of that. And, and, and with Sala, it was a little different because you kind of knew for a couple of years that he was going to get a job at some point. It was just a matter of time. But still, he was still kind of nurturing those guys. D'Amico Ryan, who's the defensive coordinator now, is on a, on a fast track to become a head coach, and and that's kind of an interesting thing too, right? Where you know Kyle Shanahan, known as this offensive mind, he could send two defensive coordinators to be head coaches within a span of you know three or four years, and nobody would be surprised. So um, I do think that speaks to how much he coaches his coaches and how much he puts into making sure that when he gets guys in, that they're doing things uh, in a way that can lead them to uh, eventually becoming a head coach.
0: And finally, Nick, if you like football in the trenches, if you like old school hard hitting football. Tomorrow night's probably your game, isn't it? Because the 49ers – I know the 49ers play Debo Samuel at running back a lot, but up front, both sides of the ball, they're super physical, and we all know about Tennessee, they're super physical. It should be a fun game.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's kind of – this is going to be a huge test for the 49ers in that way because it will be a physical game on a short week, traveling across the country. And, you know, it's funny when I watch the Titans, you know, you you think about what they did earlier in the season and how good they were potentially a Super Bowl team, and then you watch them over the last few weeks and it – Looks a lot different. So just watching the last couple of games from the Titans, when I, when I compare the teams, I think this is a game the 49ers should win. But I also factor in that, you know, I just think it's, it's asking a lot on a few days' notice to, to go across a couple time zones and try to, to win a game. So I expect it to be a slugfest. But uh, this is a game, too, if the 49ers win it, they really put themselves in a good spot because they'd already be at nine wins. And then they have the Texans, which should be a win. Uh, they could potentially even have the playoffs wrapped up before that Week 18 game against the Rams and, and be able to rest some guys that week going into the postseason, depending on what the division looks like.
0: You know, I don't miss losing football a lot here in St. Louis. One of the things I miss the most is our Saturday night road media dinners.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I kind of miss those two, even though I am on the road, uh, just because of, <laughs> because of what the COVID situation right? is right now. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I'm just – I'm just uh. I will say that I feel very, very fortunate this year that schedule doesn't usually work out for me to be home for Christmas, but the Niners playing in Nashville on Thursday night before Christmas makes it very, very easy for me to hop a hop a plane to STL on Friday and spend Christmas with my family. So I'll take, I'll take that victory anytime I can, even if it means a little lesser dinner on a, on a Saturday.
0: Absolutely. We always love having your feet on the ground in the area. Nick, thanks so much for the time, and we'll be reading your great work, and we'll be watching the game tomorrow night. All right,
1: appreciate it. Take care.